0: Amen, amen, amen. Okay, you can carry on over a free cup of coffee. Happy New Year, amen. Okay, you can continue over a free cup of coffee. We're going to start getting into the Word. So if that's your worst thing, that is my worst thing, to whenever the guy up front says, you know, go and greet a brother in the name of the Lord. I just think like, who do I go to now? You know, and how long do you talk for? Do you get into deep stuff or do you just give a hug and walk away? So I understand that that was, that was really uncalled for by me. I apologize to anyone who didn't like that. But um, it's a great way of getting ready without people watching you in silence. So I think that's why we do it. Eh? <laughs> that's the secret. I've given you something there. But it's a new year, and so always with a new year, if you're anything like me, you have spent a lot of time reflecting and reviewing and thinking, and even if you don't want to, you do, you have to, because you somehow have stopped, either it's for an hour, if it's for a week, or if it's for one minute, somehow you have stopped, and when we stop, our mind begins to bring up things, and we begin to reflect. Amen? Amen. Hey? Amen. and and so we reflect and review and we look at our lives and we think of the things we didn't do and the things we want to do and we get excited about the things that we sh- we can do and we get really anxious about the things that we're not sure about. And so what often happens is we begin to review and reflect and we look at all these things. But the other thing we also do is it begin to re- reveal and reflect on our relationships. You know, we begin to notice the good, the healthy relationships that were around us. The unhealthy relationships, right? If you've spent any time with family for more than like a day, how hey, you realise? I always go back and I just think, What why am I here? Haven't you get that? Like after day if day three with your family, like, why did I come here? And I'll say to Sarah, next year we're gonna just go and do something alone for like five days. Now she's telling me that, so it must be that, eh? But but there's something. But, but family always reveals the good relationships, and it's the joy, and it's fun, and it's great. But it also reveals some of the unforgiveness, eh? the unhealthy. Maybe you, you didn't spend time with your family, and there's a reason for that. Maybe they're far away, so you, it's, 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 you, you you're missing them. and, and so all these so relationships, our reviewing ourselves and reviewing our relationships always come up in the season. And so what often happens is our first reaction is always we just want to bottle down, okay? When it comes up, I'm just going to put it away. I'm just going to lock it up. I'm not going to think about it. I'll deal with it in the year. Somehow in the year, something's going to come up, and we're going to have to deal with it, and I'll talk to that person later, and we just kind of push it aside, and we don't actually deal with it. But I want to first take us to Galatians chapter 5. And chapter 5, verse 13 and that's what Paul says. He says, for you were called to freedom. That's a great way to start. You were called to freedom. Who doesn't want freedom? We all want freedom, right? We want to feel content. We all want peace. We all want life. We all want joy. We all want to be free. We want to feel free, right? You were called to freedom. It says in Galatians 5, chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 1, It's for freedom's sake that Christ has set us free. Jesus has come to set us free. It's all about freedom, right? But then he carries on, and he says, Brothers and sisters, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another... Watch out that you are not consumed by one another. I hope you don't bite one another when you go to a Christmas dinner. Eat the gammon, not the person. Hey? That's a bit hectic, Paul. But what he's trying to say is, guys, it's for freedom, and we love that. Hey, I want to be free. But it's not just for freedom for my sake. It's for freedom is so that we can love one another. Freedom in my life is so that I can be a blessing to others. Relationships. The freedom that I desire is not just for me so that I feel a great life and I go and walk on the beach at sods in the afternoon and everything's perfect and daisy. Freedom is not just for me. It makes me feel better, but it's actually for others. It's for relationship. Relationships are key to freedom. You can't have freedom if you don't want to invest in relationships. You can't have freedom if you're not willing to love one another, because if you're not willing to love one another, it's not freedom. You're just trapping yourself in your little jail, and you're trying to make yourself feel better. And it does work for a while, but it doesn't last, because my freedom flows to other people, and it begins to form and invest in relationships. So this morning, I think my hope every single year is always, I want to go into the year just clear, like this is what I want to do. And I, I don't know about you, but whenever you go on holiday, um, we were in Camps Bay with my parents, and they've got the beaches right there. And so I'm always like, should I go to the beach? Should I read a book? Should I take a nap? Should I eat food? Should I watch a movie? You know, and you know when you're on holiday, you like so much free time. Like, What should I do now? Especially when you have a two-year-old who naps. That nap, that 11 to 12 o'clock is like golden hour. And you spend so much time trying to figure out what to do that by the time you figure out what to do, she wakes up. And then you got to go play dolls or something like that. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. Now she's wanting to put makeup on everything. Yeah, it's that stage. Guess what? Guess I know what's coming. Um, but it's this, this feeling of like you don't know what to do. And so now we, we, we see this new year and we see this fresh and new me, new, uh, and we think, what should I do? How should I? And we think, I wish I just had something clear. Like there's a lot of things that I want to do, but they, what is the goal? And the hope and the goal for me and, and for us, I want to inspire with that Galatians chapter is like to invest in freedom, to, to be more free, to love one another, and to know, to know the goal. So what, what does that look like? And Galatians is talking about relationships. We want to talk about relationships and we want to talk about Jesus. That's all we want to talk about today. The importance of, oh my word, I've got a new watch and someone's calling me right now, and it's vibrating. See, this is why you don't buy these watches. My goodness, who would call me now? Don't they know? My word. It's probably a standard bank. You know those guys. Hello, and you're like, hello, this is John. Hello, John ha, ah, I'm from Airtel, and I want to tell you, no, 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 no I don't want it. and then you put it down, but it takes you like five minutes for them to tell you what they're, because they know, the moment they tell you what they're coming for, you're going to put the phone down, right? Amen. Okay, let's get back to it. We're talking about relationships, and we're talking about Jesus, and let's, now let's ju- jump to John chapter 15, and this is where we're going to sit uh, today. John chapter 15, some of you know, Jesus talks about the vine, and I want to read it with us. That would be nice. And it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. You notice how many times he's saying abide? I think he's trying to put home a point. Eh? Sheesh. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I call you friends. For all that I have from my Father I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask in the Father's name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. It's full of relationship and Jesus. Hey. And we notice, and we can pull it out there, but Jesus continually saying in the, this chapter, it's all about relationship. Love one another so that you love one another. He, there's, 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 this, there's this relationship, there's a parallel between when you abide in Jesus, the fruit is loving one another. It's serving. It's giving away. The message of the gospel is restoration of relationships. And so if we want to heal, if, we, if our focus, well, I want freedom. I want to be free from this. If we want healing, we need to bond. We need to learn to bond with others. We need to learn to bond with ourselves. We need to learn to bond with God. There's a study in 1945 from a book that I'm reading. It says it looked at, at infants in institutes babies. The physical needs of all the babies in these homes were met. They were fed, had their diapers changed. However, because of the, the shortage of caretakers, only some of the babies were held and talked to. The ones who were not held showed drastically higher rates of illness and even death. In addition, their psychological development was either slowed or stopped. This study and others like it graphically demonstrate that a baby can get sick and die or her growth can be stunted because of a lack of emotional bonding. If an infant bonds well in her first year of life, in the second year, she begins to learn, some, she begins to learn some independence. In this independence stage, however, the bonding process is just as important. She needs to have the emotional security to try out her newfound independence. Within the security of a bonded relationship, she learns to distinguish good and bad and how to deal with failure. This security propels her out into the playground to bond with friends that help her feel confident as a member of the group. After that, she can develop further emotional ties, first with same-sex friends and then with boys in a dating relationship. A few years later, she will need this this emotional attachment with friends and family to, to feel secure enough to separate from home and get a job or go to college. There, she will meet other relationships which will help her enter the world of adulthood. This research illustrates that when we are in loving relationships, a bonded relationship, we're alive and growing. When we're isolated, we're slowly dying. Our emotional well-being depends on our heart, and our heart depends on the depth of our bonds with others and God. The Bible said it long ago, and science is proving it today. Many years ago, the Bible has been saying this over and over again. It, there is a key to relationships. And we're in a, a culture and a context right now. It's all cancel. You know, if, if you don't speak my language, I cancel you out. If, you don't, if you're not like me, I take you away. And that's opposite to what the Bible teaches. Because there's a fundamentally, if, if we're not able to do that, we're breaking our freedom. We're breaking our bonds. So where do we start? How do we do this? What does this look like? Well, first of all, what we ne- tend to do is we either deny it. Say, I-, I don't need those relationships. I'll find new relationships. I don't need to deal with that. I don't need to heal those. I don't need to bond there. I just, I'll just leave it. Or we try and control. Right now, you might be sitting there thinking, oh, my word, I need to fix all these relationships. I need to call this person. I need to do this. I need to do this. Da-da-da-da. I need to figure out a way. And we try and control, but it becomes all about me. So both are wrong. Denying it and trying to control it are both wrong in this sense. Um, how do we do this? Well, let's look back at John chapter 15 and what is he saying. John is talking about, Jesus is talking about the vine, a plant. He says, abide in me. When you abide in the vine, you feel connected. First of all, what Jesus is saying is the most, the most important thing, the most important thing in our lives is to be with him. It's to be with Jesus. That, that's my goal. That'll always be my goal, hopefully till the day I die. What is your goal? What do you want to get out of this year? I want to learn to be with Jesus. Because when we stop saying, okay, I've been with Jesus enough. I want to now do what Jesus did or become like Jesus. We stop being with Jesus. We never stop learning to be with Jesus. It's not like, I don't stop having a relationship with my wife. It's like, okay, I've got enough. I've done it like six years. Now I can stop. You don't stop. You learn. You grow. We never stop being with Jesus. We just learn more and more how to be with him. And that is, that. I mean, if you learn nothing else, if you hear nothing else today, I hope we go home today realizing and just saying, Lord, I want to learn how to be with you. Not how to become like you or how to do like what you do. The healings and the prophecy and all that, that's all good stuff. But if you don't know how to be with him, you cannot do anything else. Because everything else you do, is for your own gain. So you can prophesy, you can heal, you can preach, you can do all that, but if you don't know how to be with Jesus, you're trying to please someone, trying to earn something. So we must always lay down our lives, say, I'm going to this new year. Fundamentally, what Jesus is saying, abide. Be with me. Be with Jesus. Be with Jesus. And so when we're with Jesus, what happens? First of all, when we're with Jesus, When Jesus is the focus, we don't get distracted in trying to just bear fruit. When anyone comes and tries to visit me at my house, Sarah will know what happens. I normally hear, and I think, how much time have I got? I run to the cupboard, the broom cupboard, and I open it and I grab newspaper. And then I grab window cleaner. And I go around cleaning all the windows in the house. I don't know about you. Probably, is there anyone else that does the window cleaning? No. no. Don't, don't lie. You all got that drawer in the house, eh? Or that that room. When, when anyone's coming, into that room, locked door. Why do we do that? Because obviously we're trying to be hospitable. That's a good thing. But we, also we're trying to, I'm trying to give this impression that my house is always clean. Right? <laughs> hey? So if I can clean the windows and I can sort this stuff out, the person's going to walk in and go, wow, this place is clean. And what do I say? No, oh, it's actually quite dirty. Sorry, guys. Sorry, the windows are, are the windows good enough for you guys? Wow, that light's coming through nicely, eh? Hey? You know what happens? And go, oh, sorry, man, there's a toy on the ground. Little do they know there's toys all over the place in the cupboards and the roofs. But we, I try and do this because I want to present this idea that I'm clean. And so that's how we live our lives. We, like, if I can just act loving, if I can just act peaceful, if I can just act kind, people will think I'm kind. People will think I'm loving. People will think I'm peaceful. And then what will happen is I will get their love and everything will be fine. But actually, I'm not peaceful. I'm not kind. I'm not loving. But I, we, we, we shortcut. We think if I just act like it, then, then I've kind of, I've got it. And, but that sounds retarded. Can I say that? No. That sounds rubbish. Hey? Okay, delete that, please. Edit. That's um, grace. grace. It's the next message we're going to speak. <laughs> but we can't just be more loving. We can't just be more kind. When we are allowing ourselves to be with Jesus, we stop trying to focus on just the fruit. And, and the act, and we say, I'm just going to be with Jesus. And then what naturally begins to happen, that's what Jesus is saying in this, what naturally begins to happen, the fruits of the Spirit begin to come out. In Galatians chapter 5, we read at the beginning, if you carry on in uh, chapter, verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 16 and 25, in the middle of that, Paul talks about the fruits of the Spirit. But he starts with abide in the Spirit, and he ends with abide in the Spirit. And Paul is saying there, the fruits of the Spirit are not the goal the goal is to abide and what happens is when we abide slowly the fruits begin to come out and so the fruits of joy peace love patience gentleness but they're not the goal we focus on the goal so when we focus on Jesus if my goal is just to be with Jesus i stop looking at the fruit because it's not going to come i think oh, i'm not loving enough and then i give up but if my goal is Jesus If I say I'm going to focus on Jesus, then automatically those things will begin to happen, begin to grow slowly like a vine. So how do we learn to be with Jesus? Let's look back at John chapter 15. First of all, how do we learn to be with Jesus? First of all, you must be all in. We don't like this. We don't like to be all in. We like a... a, I'm talking about myself. I like one foot here and one foot there, you know. I like to keep my options open. I don't want to be all in. Um, You know, Sarah and I, we we started enjoying this one series called This Is Us. Anyone watched it? Come on, eh? It's beautiful. For every single guy out there, if you want to just really make it, you know, date night, start watching This Is Us. Oh, I'm actually a romantic myself, you know what I mean? I think I cry more than Sarah. She passes me the tissues. <laughs> but that's not the point. The point is I can, I can easily watch three or four episodes of This Is Us, and it's 45 minutes long. That's like three hours nearly. I could easily sit and watch three, four, five, maybe even six, if it's Monday, day off, you know? And I could watch tons of This Is Us, but I can't even spend 30 minutes spending time with Jesus. Why? You know, I talked to some young guys. Um, I was in Cape Town this week. So let's talk about Cape Town people. Not, this doesn't happen in PE. This happens only in Cape Town. I talked to young guys in, in Cape Town, and they got their whole life planned out. You know, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do this, and when I get that, and I'm going to get here, and I'm going to get here, and then boom. And wow, okay, you got this whole 50-year plan set out. What's your plan of following Jesus? Well, I don't know just going to like just wing it so why don't you wing your life why have you got your whole life planned out set up when it comes to Jesus it's kind of like just because we've got this mindset this idea that it's like we shouldn't actually know what to do because if we know what to do then we're in too much control no that's not true we don't we're not all in I'm speaking to myself not to anyone else here please I'm not all in I don't want to be all in to be honest, in my human fear, I don't want to be all in. What is that going to look like? What if I give my whole life, what if I serve everything, what if I give everything for Jesus and it doesn't work out? I'm worse off than I am right now, so I'll keep a middle. But until we all in, we don't experience the full freedom and full life of Jesus. We've got to learn. We've got to try and get all in. How do we do that? Well, has, here's some of the reasons why we don't. We don't go all in because we fear it will become too religious. If I go all in, what if I become too crazy? What if I become so set on, on following Jesus? I mean, that, could, that sounds really good, eh? But we think, what if, I, what if I start controlling it? What if I start becoming too religious in myself? Well, you can't if you're focusing on Jesus. You can if you're focusing on yourself. We focus on Jesus. We can't become religious. It's impossible, because what Jesus says is love others, and when we stop to love others and start healing relationships, we begin to break away from ourselves. We can't become focused on me and religious when we're all in for Jesus. So that doesn't work out. Here's another one. We want the life of Jesus, but we're not willing to commit to the lifestyle of Jesus. I can easily watch three hours of This Is Us, but I can't spend 30 minutes with with Jesus. Why? because I don't really see it as like that valuable, because it doesn't speak to me like this is us speaks to me, you know? Come on. Because I have to wait, and I'm still in silence, and I've got to read, and I don't understand, it and what does that even mean? Why is Jesus saying that? And so it's hard, and it's difficult, and then I, get, then I feel bad about it, so I just leave it. Because it's not really speaking to me. Another reason for not being all in, we deep down fear... And I've said this before. We go all in. It doesn't work out, and we become worse off. That's. I think. I think deep down, I feel. I think. Oh, and I don't know about you, but if I give it all in, if I if I if I surrender it all, what if I don't get the place that I want to get? What if I don't become the person that I want to be? If, if I can just kind of like distract myself and like focus on Jesus a little bit, little bit like seventy-five percent, then I, I can do the things that I want to do, and like I'll go back to and say, Oh, okay, I'm sorry. You know. Has one more reason for not being all in we're scared of making a mistake we look at this and we think like peter on the boat like what if i walk in the water and i start sinking and we think like i don't want to i don't want to make a decision because if i make a decision about this there's going to be repercussions to it so we kind of stand in the fence and we're like i don't really want to make a mistake i don't know what to do should i read the bible should i pray should i should i join this this ministry or should i not i don't know what to do Revelations 3.16 says, he will spit out those that are lukewarm. Now, this is harsh. No, I'll, I'll, just, just stay with me, please. Um, that are not hot or cold. And Jesus is not saying, hey, like, you rubbish person because you're like, I don't know what to do. No, he's saying, guys, commit. Make a mistake. Choose. Make a, make a, rather, rather commit to something and realize, flip, I'm becoming religious. And I need to turn my way a little bit. Then standing here for another year thinking, what shall I go? Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to myself, so don't, I'm not criticizing anyone else here. But I'm standing there always thinking, oh, my word, what should I do? And Jesus is saying, do something. Just do something. If you make a mistake, you realize, oh, okay, this is the wrong way. But what if I'm, I get it and I realize, wow, this is it? He's not discouraging us for being lukewarm. He's encouraging us to not be lukewarm. Don't worry. Just begin to trust Jesus and begin to make a decision and step out. So this is harsh, right? But think about it. If this is the most powerful thing, in John chapter 6, the Pharisees and the disciples are asked, well, what is the thing that we must do to serve God? And he says... Believe in the one whom God sent. Like That's the most important thing that we can do in our lives is serve Jesus. That's what Jesus says, the most important thing. If that's the most important thing, surely it's going to be harsh. Surely it's going to be heavy. Surely it's going to be weighty. Surely it's going to be like, whoa, this is is a bit too much for me to handle, David. I mean, surely, because it's the most important thing. And so I think sometimes we look and I think, wow, like this is way too heavy. Like, how can Jesus in John chapter two say, every branch in in that does not bear fruit, he will take away? Like, how can you say that? Because he's saying, guys, this is important stuff. Serving Jesus is not, I'll just kind of like, hopefully find my way in. This is is about being intentional. It's not about focusing and controlling and making sure you get the kingdom in yourself. But it's saying, how can I align my life to focus on Jesus? How do we do that? Dallas Willard says, the first and most important thing we must do is keep God before our minds. That's another slogan that you can use this year for 2023. I want to keep God before my mind. Now, how do we do that? John Mark Comer, in his uh, Practicing the Way series on podcast, you can go listen to them. They're phenomenal, I think. Um, and he gives us five practices that help us keep our mind focused on Jesus. The first one, silence and solitude. Just stopping, listening to the world, and listen to Him. And then we begin to focus, and we begin to align our lives with, to Jesus. The second one is fasting. Fasting breaks away the temptations and the things that are getting in the way. The third is prayer. And not, ah, Thou Father, but not just that, but just praying in the day, being in two minds at the same time. As you're driving to work tomorrow, you know, work starts tomorrow, ah, oh, but you're in two minds. You're saying, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm tired of this job, but I love you. And as you're praying, so you're listening, you're, you're in the shop and you're thinking of Jesus and you're also thinking of what you're going to buy, you know, and you're in two minds. You're praying. Thirdly, you're reading Scripture. So you're knowing the truth and you're starting to realize, wow, this is what Jesus thinks of me. This is what he believes in me. He wants me to just abide. His whole goal for me is abiding. When we read Scripture, we realize, It's all easy. It's here. And the fifth one is community. Community keeps encouraging us and keeps reminding us and we have to keep reminding and encouraging others. The five practices or ways to keep our minds before God. Silence and solitude, fasting, prayer, scripture, community. Okay, that's the first one and that was the longest one. You'll be happy to know. Um, You must be all in. The second what is John chapter 15 saying? He said, uh, you must give it time. So we get in, we're all in. If you're like me, it's like, yes, I'm all in. Sign me up. You know, I'm going for this thing. And we, we want to see it happen tomorrow. And we want to see our lives change tomorrow. And we want to see all the fruit come. And then the fruit doesn't come. And then we realize that we focus on the fruit and not Jesus. And then we give up by the 10th of December, January. You know, but you've got to give it time. Jesus is not using the analogy of the vine just for for sakes like just he just looked at a vine and thought I'll write about that. No, he's using the vine because he's trying to teach us a vine takes a long time. You know, we've been in in Sellenbosch and and, and, and we've done some wine tastings. It takes about over four years from the grape to the bottle. Four years for one little bottle. And they sell it for like 50 rand. You're like, my my man, that's amazing. You know what I mean? Four years of this process. It isn't like. I want a bottle of wine now. The vine takes time, it matures. There's a saying the longest distance between two points is the shortcut. The longest distance between two points. I want to get from A to B. That's the shortcut. There's no shortcuts in life, there's no shortcuts. But for me, I want patience, but I don't want to wait. Hey, how about this one? I want character, but I don't want to suffer. I want to hear God's voice, but I don't want to get up early and take time. I want the life of Jesus, but not the cross of Jesus. It takes time. It takes time. And so when we all just want the fruit, but not the one who gives the fruit, or the time it takes to develop the fruit, we keep going in a circle. And so two things that time does. Time keeps us doing things that we didn't normally do for long enough so that those thing, new things become normal and begin to change me. We keep doing. This is not what I normally do, but I keep on doing it. And as I keep on doing it, I begin to, those new things become normal things, and it begins to change me. And the second thing is, time keeps us going, even when we suffer. Look at verse 2 again. Jesus says there, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. He's saying there, as you begin to bear fruit, he cuts. You suffer. It takes, he takes it away. He takes the things that you depended on, the things that you you lent on. You think, what that? Why are the I've been serving Jesus more and now. I'm worse off. But no, what Jesus is saying is, as you begin to grow, as you begin to invest in Jesus, he wants to give you more. So he takes away the things that you're dependent on because he wants you to depend on him more. So the the joy and the most beautiful thing is, when I suffer, I can have hope because I know while I'm suffering, Jesus is growing me. So what, what can the enemy do? What can the world do to me now? Right? Because, oh Lord, bring it on because I want more. Don't you notice that? You go through a really hard time and when you come out of it, you're stronger and you can handle more. And then the the next time you go through a similar thing, you're like, this was easier. Why? Because we're stronger. We can bear more. So when you suffer, it's God's love. He doesn't cause the suffering, but he allows suffering to take place because he wants us to bear more fruit. He prunes us so that we will bear more fruit. Time helps us realize that while we suffer, and we don't need to change anything necessarily. We need to just keep the slow, long obedience in the same direction. In Hebrews, it says even though he was a son, talking about Jesus, he learned obedience through suffering. Even though Jesus was a son, he learned obedience through suffering. You know, we want obedience, but we don't want to suffer. I think suffering is a big thing that we need to learn. The world doesn't, kind of tells us to avoid suffering all along. Just avoid it. Don't think about it. Whatever feels bad, just reject it. But there's something beautiful about suffering, actually. We begin to attain it. And we understand it. Obviously, you don't look for suffering. Where is suffering? Where can I get hurt again? No. Of course not. But when suffering comes, and we will. We will all suffer. When suffering comes, we say, Oh, Lord, I'm not going to let this thing disturb me and, and ro- ro- rock my boat. I'm going to be with you. And he, he grows us, and he, and he stills us, and he matures us. Finally, the last one. So... You must be all in, you must give it time, and you must see yourself clean. Look at verse 3. Jesus says there, already you are clean. You should underline that. Already. Already you are clean. Because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine already. That's a, that's, a, that's a powerful statement. Why? Because it immediately shows you that you don't abide in the vine to earn your forgiveness. We have this deep desire that when we begin to commit all of this to, to the Lord, we start thinking I need to pay back. So the more I stay with Jesus, the more he... Like, forgives me. And then we're like, how does this why is it taking so long? And, no, but that's what Jesus is saying is showing you that it's your abiding is not the remedy so that you can be forgiven. You are already forgiven when you receive Jesus into your life. When you give your life to the Lord, you're already forgiven. Why is that so profound, David? Why are you carrying on about it? Because it changes the dynamics of how we approach God. Because tomorrow morning, you might wake up and say, I'm going to be all in. I'm going to to start being with Jesus. And the moment you open your Bible, the moment you sit down to pray, you begin to listen to the lies. What are you doing? Who are you? How can you do this? Look what you've done. Who do you think you are? And then we put down the Bible and we carry on with our life. Right, but when you when you walk into that space, when you approach Jesus from the place of "I'm already clean," not in myself, because that's a gospel that's going around as well. I am it. I need to. I just need to remind myself that I'm clean in me, and then I'm fine. No, Jesus says, "Already you are clean, because of the word that I've spoken to you, because of Him." So we approach God clean. We come to him clean. We come to him boldly. Now, uh, I'm, I'm quite the briar, if you didn't know. For an Englishman, I'm quite the briar. But I make my best briars when I'm by myself. <laughs> don't think I don't know if you notice. But I can make a mean fire, and I make a mean burro horse and a steak when it's just Sarah and I. That thing is tender, it's beautiful, it's like just, it's like soft, it's like, oh, right there. But the moment anyone else comes, and especially um, guys from a certain culture that know how to bra, let's say. Uh, and uh, it's at my house, and you know the tradition, eh? If it's at your house, you've got to bra. You can't, like, watch, even though I've started to do that now. But you okay. <laughs> But the point is, um, the moment some of these guys have started standing around and I've got to start making the fire, eh, the thing doesn't light. You notice? And then when you put it on, for some reason, the thing is, is, is like raw, and then all of a sudden it's like, phew, dead, burnt. How does it happen? It's like raw, and then boom, it's too dry. Who knows? But it only happens when there's people around, and they don't believe me that I'm actually a really good briar. But what I think happens is, when I'm by myself, I'm confident. And there's no risk. And I can believe myself, because to be honest, if I burn those patties to a char grill, Sirius is gonna have to chew that thing. <laughs> That's it. So then I can wear it, and I can take it off early, and if it's a bit raw, we can put it back on, and no one will know. So I'm confident I can do it, but the moment everyone's watching me, I start overthinking things. I'm thinking, "I don't want good enough. I don't know if I can do this. Shh, I can't even light a fire. I better blow it. <sighs> I blow it out. I better add more coal. Boom, dead. Right? Because I'm overthinking it. I'm trying to because I'm 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 now challenged or I'm feeling insecure in my brain skills. So I overthink it, and that's what we do when we're coming to the Lord. We begin to start overthinking it. I'm not good enough at this. I better do this. And then we blow it out. I better put this on. Or I better do more th- I better play a song. Or I, I, I better pray more. Or I better look more happy. Or I better do these different things that, that will help me be a better person. And what we do is we, we stamp the life that Jesus has put in us. Or we burn it. Nikku's laughing down there, but actually on that day that I burned those patties, it was raining. How do you bra while it's raining with Nikki? I mean, come on. Obviously, I'm gonna burn the patty, Nikki. But the point is when we approach, we approach clean. And that is not an easy thing to do. You're gonna feel fake, we feel useless, we feel like we're lying to ourselves. But that's what the grace and the truth and the time look like. It's grace is not just feeling like I'm saved. It's believing. It's standing firm in what he said through grace by faith. That's not. There's nothing there that says it's about me knowing it or feeling it. So I've got to stand firm. I've got to be all in. I've got to... Make sure that I give him time, and I've got to believe that I'm cleansed. And when I begin to do that, I can step into dealing with myself, dealing with my relationship with the Lord, and dealing with my relationship with others. And two things as we end off begin to happen. First of all, we change. Look at verse 7. He says there, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. When we begin to abide in him, our prayers begin to change. We don't start asking necessarily just for houses and for that perfect job and stuff. But when we begin to abide, our hearts begin to change. Our motives begin to change. Our lives begin to change. And then whatever we ask, we do receive because what we're asking for is in line with him. So we will change. He promises us that as you abide in him, you will begin to change. Not today, maybe not tomorrow. But over a lifetime of a journey, we do begin to change. Our prayers, our desires begin to change. And the second thing is we begin to love others. It's not by chance that, that Jesus ends off with this is the commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And he ends off in verse 17. These things I command you so that you will love one another. When we begin to focus on Jesus, we begin to surround ourselves with a life around him. We begin to change. And not just for myself and my cat, but we begin to change for the people around us. We get to notice people. We begin to feel sorry. Our hearts begin to break for people. We begin to want to love people. We want to serve people. We want to like, we want to, we want to invest in a relationship, even though the person's denying us. It's not about them, if they deny us, then we haven't done it right. But it's about just laying your life down for that person, giving a call, dealing with a relationship. Dealing with these things, healing, restoration, reconciliation. It starts with focusing on Jesus, and as it begins to transform you, you begin to change the relationships around you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace and your love for us. And we welcome you in this place right now. We welcome your presence. We welcome your presence, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for for what you're doing amongst us. Can the team just come up and um, just help me a little bit? Where is he? There he is. Let's just stay in this place of just... Just being with him. Hey? In the worship time, I just felt like as Liam was playing and ending off that worship set, it was just like a presence just resting on us. And so I just want to take a few minutes just allowing ourselves just to be with him. And just to spend time with him. And just to allow the things that are coming up. Just to give it to him. Thank you, Jesus. Abide in me. Abide in me. Holy Spirit, we pray. Come and rest upon us right now. Thank you, Lord. I welcome your presence, Jesus. Let's just stay in this place, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. For your mercy, thank you for your freedom, Lord, it's for freedom's sake, that Christ has set us free, we long for that freedom, we long for your love, we long for your mercy and your grace. So we wanna just take just one or two minutes, and we just wanna pray and minister to some people, and just allow the Lord just to continue to speak, and to bring the things that are on your mind, bring the things that you're dealing with. And so first, I wanna really pray for people who really struggle to be with Jesus. You long to just sit and be content with Him. You long to listen to His voice. You long to, to just want to be with Him. But you struggle, struggle to focus. You struggle to, to center your mind around Jesus. You struggle just to listen. You, there's a lot going on always in your mind, and sometimes you know you need an encounter with the Holy Spirit. You need an encounter with the Lord. So that's you. If you're longing for this bunch of people, if you're longing for just a, a taste, a sense, a touch of His presence, you're longing to be with Him. We'd love to pray for you. I want to invite you just to stand where you're at. I'm not gonna call you up. I just want you to stand and identify to say, this is me. I me, I'm longing to learn to be with Jesus. We would love to, to bless what the Lord is doing. So that's anyone here?
1: beginning of the service when Dave was speaking about um yielding and um, that word I just got the picture of a yield sign and when you get to a yield sign when you're driving you don't stop um mm. you wait with caution you check you know is anything coming my way but you don't stop and I just felt to say that um, a place of yielding with God is not a place of stopping and that how um As we go into this year maybe some of us are sort of paralyzed with waiting um for that call to come through or for that you know whatever it might be don't wait on the thing just keep moving in the spirit and um that he just walks with us as we go into this new year Mm -hmm. and that yielding is an active you know an, an active thing we do in our spiritual walk so Sure. Thanks.
0: Sure. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else wants to longing to embrace the Father? Longing for a taste of His presence? Thank you, Jesus. So can we get a few People, just to come and lay hands on these some of these guys. Yes. There we go. Let's just bless what the Lord is doing. Let's just welcome His presence. Thank you, Lord. And the second one, there's some relationships in our lives that we would long to be healed and restored from, not necessarily just restoring the relationship, but restoring ourselves from the relationship and allowing Jesus to touch those places. That's you. I feel like the Lord longs to, to meet with you this morning, longs to remind you and heal you and free you. That's you. Can you stand? We just want to pray with you right now. You've had some kind of breakup, some kind of divorce, a family, a father um, who is abandoned or a mother, that you carry the wounds. The Lord desperately wants to heal you and restore you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Can we get some people just to lay hands? these people here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord just wants to embrace you this morning. He wants to love you. He wants to fill you. He wants to free you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So I really want to pray for people who are longing for relationship. You're longing for discipleship. You're longing for friends. And maybe even this holiday, you've you've reminded yourself, and you're like, I don't have friends that I can depend on and I can share everything with, that I can lean on wholeheartedly or that can lean on me wholeheartedly and I keep people at a distance. The Lord wants to break you free from that this morning. I really sense he wants to break you free from the lies that there's no one around, the lies that you're alone, the lies that it's all about you. And he wants to surround brothers and sisters around you. So that's you, don't you wanna also just respond so that we can pray for you? That you're longing for friends, you're longing for family, you're longing for deep relationships. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, i just lay hands on him there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. take a moment and why don't we stand thank you Father. thank you Lord and if you're being prayed for just continue continue to allow the Lord to do a new work fresh work in all of us so if you want to join me let's put our hands and let's just, just ask the Lord to come his love and his mercy upon us right now jesus we pray we pray for every single person pray lord jesus for you to come and do a new work in every single one of us lord that you would dial down the noise the things in our lives and our minds that are distracting us or giving us too much of our attention lord but we would focus our lives upon you Help us, Lord, in our finances. Help us in our relationship. Help us in in our daily duties and our jobs. We bless us, Lord. Will you fill us, Lord. Will you remove the anxiety, Lord, and the fear? Will you pour out your peace as we adventure into this new year? a church known for you Jesus thank you Holy Spirit pray more of your presence amen amen so if you're getting prayed for just continue if you're staying in the space you're more than welcome to stay for a while we're going to end our service like that Hope you have a great day. There's free tea and coffee at the back if you want to go help yourself. We begin our evening services next week, so come and join us. Um, it's great to have you. God bless.